We recently discussed why 2023 could be a big year for Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, have you considered what 2023 could be for Travion Henderson? A healthy Henderson could be exactly what the offense needs to be the best offense in the country. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back for the episode of Locked On Buckeyes. For the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is a Monday, July the 10th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day during today's episode. We will discuss how Trevion Henderson's play impacts the Ohio State's offense, and we'll go over a segment that I don't want to really talk about, but due to some things in the news, just talking about how there needs to be zero tolerance for foolishness in the Ohio State Athletic Department. But first, Ohio State has the possibility to have the best backfield in the entire country. Mayan Williams, Trevia Henderson, two talented backs, have different skill sets, but when playing together, man, the offense can be deadly. A year ago, we saw Trevia Henderson only play in eight games, had uh, a shade under 600 rushing yards, 571 to be exact, And he's a player that I have been very critical of. I like some of the things we saw during his freshman year. Sophomore campaign was not what I thought it was going to be. But when I take into the account that he was injured and he played most of the season injured and the coaches knew it and still played him, it makes me wonder, does a healthy Trevor Henderson have a big year in 2023? My gut says yes. And I understand some of you might say, Jay, hold on, we're going to push back a little bit. We all understand a year ago you were on this podcast talking about Henderson's vision. Talking about Henderson and his uh, big playability. If he can't have a big play, he's not that guy. But Henderson this and Henderson that. You are so quick to not Trevor Henderson. Of course I was. I was just analyzing and observing the football and then discussing the things that I saw on Saturdays. So, of course, I was going to be critical. Of course, I was going to do my job and to properly say the things that we all saw happen on the football field. But I also have to take into account that the young man was hurt a year ago. The young man was one that was nursing an injury, a foot injury, which I do think that did possibly impact his vision. Um, A lot of the cutback ability and his ability to plant and go, man, it just wasn't there. Which is why if Trevor Henderson impacts uh, improves his uh, vision, which I do, do believe he needs to improve on. If he improves um, his ability to run between the tackles, if we get some of that freshman year, Travis Henderson, with some of the season and veteran play that you would want from a guy who's in his third year as being a Buckeye running back, buddy, we saw him run for 1,248 rushing yards during his freshman season, 15 rushing touchdowns, had four receiving touchdowns, and 312 passing yards. You can see that guy on the field for the Buckeyes in the fall and then some. And I think if that's what happens, if he improves from his freshman year and learns from the mistakes he made during a sophomore campaign, not the injuries. I'm not knocking him in for being injured because injuries happen. But if you, if he 
comes back and says, hey, y'all, I am back and better than ever, and this is what you get when a, tre- a healthy Trevian Henderson is on the field. Man, we can be looking at a Buckeye backfield that has – it has Mayan Williams, Trevian Henderson, two guys getting drafted, and two guys that make up the best backfield, best running back duo in all of college football. When my guy Ryan Roberts was on the show recently and discussed the, kind of a summer scouting or a preseason NFL draft conversation about Henderson and Williams, I was kind of maybe amazed or shocked at how Ryan kind of saw the same things I saw on the film, but still realized from an NFL draft perspective, that conversation, Henderson is the more sought out guy and he has a chance to be a decent running back in the National Football League if he improves on certain key areas. Henderson, the running back, we have discussed how Ohio State's running back is not has running game has not been up to par. If Henderson is playing Henderson football, if he is playing every the best ball he can play, or he has played in his entire life, that might just be what it what Kyle McCourt needs to smoothly transition to being QB1 at Ohio State. That might be what Kate Stover needs to be a better football player overall and to raise his draft stock in the upcoming NFL draft. That might just be what is needed for Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Abuka to solidify themselves and cement their claim as the best receivers in college football receiver tandem. Julian Fleming, Jaden Ballard, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, I don't know who's going to be the next third receiver there. Yeah, Julian Fleming is the first up. But if we get a scenario where one of the youngsters steps up, so be it. But all in all, it doesn't matter who is on the outside. doesn't matter who is uh, the quarterback. All those things help Henderson. But a lot of this has to deal with Henderson digging down in himself, sturdying up his frame. I saw him him during the spring game, and I made a comment saying he looks small. And he was next to Dallin Hayden and Evan Pryor. And something about Henderson there, I was just like, but he looks small to be an Ohio State running back. But let's just say he's, he has that solid, sturdy frame it can, to withstand the vicious hits that he takes being a running back for the Buckeyes. Hey, 15, 1,600 rushing yards. I mean, that's what you're looking at. If you're saying a healthy, improved Henderson in 2023, you could be looking at a guy who is leading the Big Ten in rushing yards, leading the Big Ten in rushing touchdowns, leading the Big Ten in yards per carry. And I understand you got Blake Corum. I understand you got Braylon Allen. I don't care. Henderson has a chance. Not say he is right now, because I don't think he is right now, but Henderson has the chance to be the best running back in the Big Ten Conference at the end of the season. How does his play specifically, and we talk about some a few ways, but how does his play help the quarterback? We mentioned how his play helps Harrison Jr. and Ibuka and the others. How does his play, Henderson's play, directly impact Ohio State's quarterback in the fall? I have an answer for you next on Lots of Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. The weather is warm in most areas of the country. It might even be hot. We are trying to find ways to stay comfortable, to keep our body cool, but to also keep our wardrobe fresh. And Bird Dogs provides that for you. 
Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs also uses an anti-stink sweating wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Once again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or just use promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen every single day. Now is the perfect time to subscribe to Locked on Buckeyes on Apple or Spotify or the Odyssey app or even YouTube so you don't miss a beat. Locked on Buckeyes on the Apple or Spotify apps. Go ahead and leave a five-star review and a rating. It's a great free way to help more people come across this podcast every day of the week. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Smash the bell so you're notified every time a new video goes live. Also, leave a comment in this video as well. Locked on Buckeyes is a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Now, I do believe Henderson's play is pivotal and it impacts everybody on the field, from the center to the guard to the tackle, the tight end, the receivers on the outside, the backs in the backfield, quarterback as well. I believe his play impacts everybody on the Buckeyes offense, including those that might be in a backup role, but that will be playing at some point in time. His play is pivotal to the Buckeyes offense being everything it can be in 2023. Let's look at a year ago, what we saw from Henderson and why his play, I do think, impacted the Buckeyes offense. So Henderson gets hurt early in the season. And beginning of the season, he gets hurt. He's still playing. He's in and out of the lineup. Mayan Williams also in and out of the lineup. Why? Because he's hurt as well. So your top two backs are hurt. What are you trying to do at that point in time? Figure out who in the world can actually play running back at this level consistently. Now, you know, at linebacker, you have Chip Trainum, Arizona State transfer running back from a year ago. Wind up going to linebacker at Ohio State. Moved back to running back in the, in the middle of the season. Why? Because you just try to figure out a guy who could play the role. Now, the thought was Evan Pryor might be a third-string running back. What happened? He got hurt during the spring game in 2022. So you have a guy who you thought might be the third back in rotation. He gets hurt. Beginning of the season, your top two backs get hurt. They're still in the lineup, but you can clearly see they are not healthy guys. They should not be playing consistently or as much as they are. Dallin Hayden got put out there and played good at the end of the season. He had Chip train him. But really, a year ago, if Henderson plays well, even with Williams' injury, I'm just not I'm not even saying, like, elite running back Henderson. I mean, if he just plays well, good football, 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 rushing yards, probably going to need more from him a year ago with the way the injuries were. However, if he plays better, and if he still has the injury but is not as severe, let's just realize that there's a good chance Ohio State wins a natty a year ago, if the backfield's healthy, I still understand Georgia was a better football team. But Ohio State was really close, oh so close to winning that game with injuries all over the place. So when it comes to Henderson a year ago, a healthy Henderson drastically impacts the Buckeyes' running game, but also the offense overall. 
got a second overall pick in C.J. Stroud, um, other great guys, other great players on the offense. You had three old linemen that were drafted. So they were fine with talent. But talent doesn't mean everything. You got to be able to do some of the little things or some, some things like running the ball consistently so the offense can be everything it can be. So in regards to 2023, new quarterback. And I could have gone to Harrison, to Junior, or Ibuka and talk about how Henderson's play impacts the receivers, but let's simply go to the newcomers. There's a lot of quarterback conversations lately, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. Comicore, Devin Brown, doesn't matter who it is, you're going to have a new full-time starter for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Only one of the two guys has a previous start as Ohio State's quarterback. That was Kyle McCord, 2021 season. Akron Stroud didn't play. McCord starts. Buckeyes win. Stroud comes back the following week, and the rest is history. But when it comes to a new quarterback, and I, I know I say this a lot, but it's, it's time that I feel like it needs to be said again. A quarterback, a new quarterback, Need some guys to lean on. It doesn't matter if you're leaning on your left tackle, your center, your tight end, or your receivers. A new quarterback needs somebody to lean on, somebody they can ride with, somebody that can, somebody that can guide him first down, second down. Okay, first quarter is great. Okay, second quarter, intensity kind of goes up. Third quarter, intensity. Fourth quarter, down five. Who on this team can help me dig deep into myself so that I can be a great quarterback so the team can win the game. And a quarterback's looking for guys you can lean on. And I, I mean, I've been there. You've been there as well. We all need somebody in our corner we can lean on. And when it comes to Henderson specifically, I firmly believe that Travion Henderson's play, because I do I understand the dynamic that Henderson and Mike Williams have together, how they're a great one-two punch. To get those two guys together, what do you get? You not only get possibly the best backfield in the country, but you also get a running game that allows a quarterback to slowly ease into things as being the QB1 for the team. Slowly acclimate himself into big boy football being QB1 consistently. And I do think McCord's been working with Henderson and Williams and the other backs trying to work on the mesh point, trying to work on, hey, where do you need me to slide when it comes to this play? My football going backwards. Oh, play action. Where do you want the ball? Simple things, read options. How much force can I put into your chest so that all of a sudden I know, hey, this much force, you take it. This much force, you don't take it. If I'm going to pull it late, here's how it's going to be. If I'm going to pull it early, here's how it's going to be. There are so many details with the way that offenses ran at Ohio State that a quarterback like McCord or Devin Brown need to be very, very comfortable with these two young men. Because if you could, if you trust them and they have or they're running the ball, running hard, and they say, Hey man, hey, McCord or Brown, we got you. We understand this is a tough game. We'll grind it out for you in the backfield. And all of a sudden you say, Hey, forget those passes, man. Just give me the rock. Let me tote that thing. And then you get Henderson and you get Williams doing exactly what they need to do. We could be looking at a post-game presser and hear McCord or Brown saying, hey, I knew it was going to be tough, man. I knew Notre Dame's defense was tough. I knew the secondary was going to be good. But my guys behind me, they said, hey, ride with me. We got you. Let's go ahead and get this dub on our backs. And what do you find next? 
you find that McCord and Brown, the offseason work that they've done with the two running backs, McCord in previous seasons, Devin Brown in previous seasons, the work they've done with those guys all of a sudden, what do you find? You find that the job of being QB1, it's not going to be easy, but it's not as hard as it might be because of the play of Trevion Henderson in the backfield, number 32 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I hope he has a big year, man. I, I, I am quick to be negative about a lot of things. I don't want to come on here and be negative once again and say, oh, man, he didn't do it. Oh, man, Mr. Reed. Oh, man. Oh, I don't want to come on here and be so negative about this young man. I want him to be successful. I want him to succeed. I want him to be a high draft pick. And all of those things can happen if Henderson plays the best ball of his Buckeye career, even better than what some people thought he was going to be last year. But also, his play directly impacts the quarterback. No matter who QB1 is, is at Ohio State, his play directly impacts one of the two players that'll be the signal caller for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Coming up next, is it's another segment that I don't really want to go over, but due to some things going on at Northwestern and Bob Huggins and going after West Virginia, it leaves me no choice but to come here on a Monday, ending the Monday show, talking about how there are certain things that cannot happen in the athletic department. This is Lothan Buckeyes on a Monday. So... I originally was planning on coming on here and discussing the Northwestern side of things and talking about how it impacts Ohio State or how it might impact Ohio State. And then I saw that Bob Huggins, the, well, former West Virginia head basketball coach, boys basketball coach, um, who I thought resigned, claims he didn't resign, formally resigned, and is suing the school he used to coach at because, well, he didn't resign from his job, but they said that he did. So I was trying to find a way to tie things into Ohio State, which really isn't that difficult, but I was just trying to find the right angle. And instead of going, oh, Northwestern, NCAA, go down on them like you did Ohio State with Tattoo Gate or West Virginia, figure that thing out quickly. It's in a good look for you. Hopefully this doesn't happen at Ohio State. I don't want to go down either one of those roads. One thing I will say is this. If you have not looked into it, Northwestern is currently under deep, deep, deep investigation due to some um, inf- stupid things that have been uh, accused of happening in the football department. I don't know if it's happened or not, but some things that have been read or written, um, yeah, it's not good. It's not a good look. Uh, some extreme hazing, um, hazing of what has been reported of the sexual nature. And I would not go into what I read. I would just simply say this. It's dumb. It's stupid. It shouldn't happen. In regards to Bob Huggins, him in first the radio interview when he made some um, some slurs that should never be said, should never be made at all, and then Bob Huggins um, failed a breathalyzer test. And I don't drink. I don't know all the all the ins and outs of the breathalyzer test. But all I all I've heard was what he blew in that moment should never be blown in a breathalyzer test by any human being. And so Ohio State's athletic department is different than West Virginia's and Northwestern's. We've seen how the NCAA and the media went after Ohio State for Tattoo Gate. Imagine if Ryan Day or Chris Holtman had such a night like Bob Huggins did where he failed a breathalyzer test, or one of them did, in the same way Bob Huggins did. You just don't want that to happen. 
But Ohio State needs to have a zero tolerance for foolishness in their athletic department. In regards to the football or just the hazing in general, hazing has been going on for years. I am not um, going to sit here and say that it has never happened. It's gone on for years. But Ohio State Athletic Department, they realize we're under a different microscope than West Virginia or Northwestern or Oklahoma or UCLA or Oregon or Florida or Florida State or Miami or Texas or Oklahoma. Like Ohio State's, the microscope that they're viewed under is completely different than a lot of almost any other university in the country. So we imagine if this was Ohio State and they said, oh, the hazing, oh, it's bad. Okay, cool. Like how bad is it? And it went down X, Y, and Z of the report of things that are going on or went down at Northwestern. You would say that can't happen. But Ohio State realizes there are things that are going on at other universities that remind us certain things cannot happen in our athletic department. You have a zero tolerance for foolishness. You could also say stupidity. There are other words to describe what has gone on at these schools. But a matter if it's a coach having a DUI or if it is a um, a players under a certain coach's watch doing extreme hazing, it just can't happen at Ohio State. I, I'm not even just saying because of the microscope that Ohio State's under based off the media and the, and the uh, NCAA and whatever. I'm not even saying just because of that. It simply can't happen. Because if it does, you're, putting your, you're just leaving the, uh, the um, punishment in the hands of the people that are running you. Now, Northwestern initially suspended Pat Fitzgerald, the football coach, for two weeks without pay. I don't understand that. I'm not saying it happened or did not happen. I'm not trying to pick sides. I'm just saying it just seems maybe two weeks without pay because, or maybe that or the indefinite suspension. One of the two. I probably would lean more towards the indefinite suspension because let's just say the investigation goes into the season and these things happen to be true. Well, Northwestern could vacate the losses they have in the season. And let's just say this is a year where they've done it before. They are so good in the Big Ten West that they go to the Big Ten Championship. Well, not saying they're going to win it, but you could vacate a whole lot of wins and ultimately look really bad for the way things went down. So I would have been more comfortable with an indefinite suspension than the two-week suspension without pay simply because you're kind of covering your own self in the midst of the investigation, kind of cover your backs. If this is true for Pat Fitzgerald and it happened under his watch and he knew about it and never tried to stop it, I don't know, man. We saw how things went down at Penn State with Joe Pa and how, I forget the coach's name, that was doing some, once again, things that he should not do of a sexual nature. Um, Penn State's still the football program. I'm not saying Northwestern should get the, the death penalty, but you could be seeing some hefty penalties handed down to Northwestern. You got to have a zero tolerance. The coach, the coaches have it. If the ADs have it, it'll trigger down to some players. And hopefully everybody involved is just saying, hey, we got a zero tolerance policy for foolishness because we just don't want this stuff to happen here. Not because we don't want to get in trouble, because it makes it because it makes your experience at Ohio State a more enjoyable one. Out of here on a Monday. Guys, glad to be back. Glad to be here with you. Got the microphone back. I thought I lost this thing. That's like what I'm using today. Thought I lost it, misplaced it. It was actually in my closet in the apartment that my wife and I recently moved into. And I love the new place. I love the microphone being back. And also, before we get out of here, quick shout out. Happy birthday 
to my wife. Uh, just got married on July 1st, and today is her birthday. I want to say happy birthday, birthday to the new Whitney Stevens. Name is coming around. Going to make her former name, her mate name, her middle name, to make it Whitney Merrill Stevens. I like to tie into the name with her dad and my name as well. I enjoy that. But happy birthday. I love you. And uh, I am happy that we are doing life together. Out of here on a Monday. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Monday. I'll see you next time.